too many interviews. Maybe. How are you feel? I mean, are you tired of talking? Because it's. I know it's been out in France for a while. Um, was it last year? The year last before? year. Last yeah. year. Do you get tired? Yeah, but I went to Italy, Germany, Poland, Czech Republic, a lot of countries. So, so I've never stopped. And then will you go to America as well? Yes, yes, yes. I was fascinated actually that it's got a different title in America. Yeah. And I was reading, I think it was the piece in the New Yorker. Yeah. And they were saying, and then edit, your editor said, we want it to be, you know, yeah. we don't want any of this lullaby. Not, but I kind of like the title yes, lullaby. Yes, of course, I love lullaby. I love the idea of a lullaby because, you know, a lullaby, we always have the feeling that it's a soft song for yeah. little children. But it's so not a soft song, that's a dark song. The chanson, chanson douce. douce. And I like the idea that, uh, you know, when you sing a lullaby to, ch to a child, it's to hypnotize him, it's to make him sleep. And the idea is that, uh, in a certain way, the nanny, she's singing a lullaby to the family and she's making them sleep. So they're not vigilant anymore and she can do whatever she wants. She has a sort of power over them. So for me, the lullaby is a song to hypnotize. And with a... Uh, one of the things I was curious, I was just thinking on the bus on the way over, um, Oh, titles, pieces. Yeah, yeah, see? I'll tell you. <laughs> That's very funny. Uh, yeah, I know. And then these are, the, these are the things I never ask about. It's a tragedy. Yeah, uh, exactly. But I was thinking, whose tragedy? Who's, for you, at the moment, maybe, whose tragedy do you see the book as? as I think as it's a tra tragedy for every character. It's a tragedy for the parents, of course, because of what's happening to their children. And for the fact that they don't really have the choice. They just have to work and at the same time to find someone to take care of the children. So they are just doing like everyone else, but they didn't have the chance to find the good, the really good nanny. It's a tragedy for Louise too, because Louise, she doesn't belong and she's someone who is trying to find her place. And at the end, she, I think that she kills because she doesn't know what else to do. She kills to be forever with them in a certain way, that's a terrible, that's a tragedy, but it's also a tragedy for her, and of course it's a tragedy for the children, obviously. Is it for her, there's an awful sense, I think this is why I picked my daughter up, he's dropping his pen, um, early yesterday, was this, it made me very acutely aware of how, far, how fast time goes, that Louise can already see maybe the point at which she's no longer going to be part of the family, where they'll, the children will be old enough, and, and she will be not useful, and, and useful, she, yeah, yeah. Was that part, I mean, is it... Of course, and you know, I had the feeling that um, what is very special in the work of a nanny is that you have a lot of breakups. It's a life full of uh, breakups, like in a love uh, yeah. relationship, because you raise a, a child and then you have to say goodbye, and you do it all and all over again, and I think it's exhausting, and I think it's very painful, and I had the, the feeling that Louise, she was like a a little cup or like a plate, you put it every day on the table, but you don't see that every day something is breaking inside the plate and one day you put the plate and the plate is breaking in two pieces or many pieces. So for me she's very fragile, but no one is seeing all the failure, the les failures, I don't know how to say, all the breaks the inside, the cracks yeah. inside her. What's that in French? Failure. Failure. I'm going to try that tomorrow <laughs> with my... <laughs> And there's a passage right at the end of the book, and I won't make you read it in, in, in English. It describes what Louise's day is. Louise, who goes back and forth from the bedroom to the kitchen, from the bathroom to the kitchen, from the bin to the tumble dry. This just description of 
of all her actions. This is this is her her day. And this is the description of a life in a in a home. What is the life when you don't go to work? What is the life in a home? It's a life that is very repetitive. That is a very annoying, sometimes yeah. very boring. You do all every day. You do the same thing because this is the life with the very young children. Every day you have to do a machine. You have uh, the, the how do you say it? the washing machine. Yeah. Every day you have to make food and to feed him and to make him make a nap and to go to the playground it's very very repetitive and even for a mother that's why Miriam wants to go out yes. of the house because she's being conscious that it's very boring and she doesn't want this life but is there a pre what's the pressure do you think on on parents because certainly I'm still a relatively new parent I think we were kept being we kept thinking this will be this sort of ecstatic transcendental moment and every moment you and, and and you certainly have those but I don't think anyone can prepare you for the other side of of how regimented it, particularly with very small ch children, and particularly, I think, for mothers. Of course. Um, was this a shock? Was this something that you wanted to, this, this, this combination of, of intense, thank you very much. I'm just getting it. Of in intense guilt, but this desire for the experience to be, to be overwhelming and to be so sort of meaningful. But yes, this is very ambiguous because, you know, everyone is telling you when you're going to have a, a child, especially for women, when you're going to have a child, you're going to feel so much love and you're going to feel fulfilled and it's, you're going to feel complete. You will never be alone again, never be lonely again. <laughs> but that's absolutely false. It's not true. You can feel very lonely with your children, even if you love them a lot, even if it's an unconditional love. Sometimes you're bored with your children. Sometimes you're lonely with your children. Sometimes you don't know what to do. And um, sometimes you just want to go out of your home and to be a young girl again and yeah. to be someone who's uh, no one is related to, someone who, who's not needed. I remember that the first time I looked at my son, of course I felt love, but I think that the first feeling was not love, it was fear. Yeah. I was like, wow, now I'm not alone anymore. Someone is needing me. and. Maybe if something happens to him, what am I going to do? Maybe I won't survive if something happens to him. So I had a sort of anxiety of a fear that was even more, um, I don't know, as big as the love I was feeling for him. So it was a fear that something from outside would would happen to him? Or was there, was there fright? Was there fear to... About that he you, could get ill, that something could happen to him, that uh, someone could harm him. I had the feeling that he was, uh, that I, I need to protect him, that he needs me. And you know, when you see the little baby, you have the feeling, if I'm not here, he's going to die because mm. he needs me to feed him, to take care of him, to give him tenderness. And this is a very big responsibility <laughs> and sometimes you're not prepared to this uh, responsibility. So it's the fear for you as well that because yeah. I remember very being told whatever you do in fact it was with another after it was another writer told me this uh, be very careful to put your baby on the bed I completely forgot this I was very tired to put our little baby on the bed she rolled and I actually did catch her <laughs> but I remember thinking I, the fear was also that I'm the problem I could not meaning to hurt the child but the, I, I, am I up to it are, yes, are we up exactly, to it exactly and also I think that the other problem the social problem about um, organization with children is that we belong to a generation who wants to who 
want to have it all. We want to do everything. We want to have great jobs. We want to have friends. We want to go out at night because we don't want to sacrifice our social life entirely to our children. But we want to be very good parents, very open-minded, and to spend time with our children and to play with them. But at the end, what I, the, the question that I ask in, in the book is, is it possible? Is it possible to have it all? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we feel guilty because uh, when we are at work, we feel guilty uh, towards our children. When we are with our children, we feel guilty not to be working and reading books and doing things. So it's very difficult to do everything and to be um, uh, engaged in everything with the same uh, passion and with the same... This seems to be a very particular, and this is about economics, I guess, that both parents now often in, in expensive cities in, in Europe and America and Britain and across the world, both parents have to, to work, but also that mothers um, want to work, that they get fulfilment from work, and that children, to some extent, take that away. Is that, is, was that a, for, I mean, for it you, was, was that a... It was very important for me because, you know, we speak a lot about empowerment, and of course I defend this uh, a lot, I'm a feminist, and I think that the massification of, uh, of work for women, because more and more and more women are working, we have to face the fact that the more <coughs> women are working and the more we need other women to take care of our children, because at the end of the day we need the children to be fed and to be in their pyjamas and to go to bed, and, and we need our, our home to be clean. So we and we do as if um, it was invisible. We don't want to look at this. We don't want to look at the fact that we need people to take care of the old ones and the little ones. I think that's the two parts of uh, of our society that we don't look at: the very old people and the very young mm-hmm. people. We do as if. Okay, it goes on its way, but the, the 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 core of our society is people working, making money, making productivity. But I wanted to look at this sort of underworld, the the underworld of the little babies, of the children, and of the nannies. And I have the feeling that um, with the massification of uh, working women, you have a s- sort of a, a new system. It's a system of Russian doll. Inside of a woman, you have another woman and then another woman. You always need a woman to work and to take care of the children because even the nannies who are coming very often from abroad, they have children uh, in their own country and another woman is taking care of the children of the nanny. So, we should never forget this. There's always a woman who takes care of the children of another woman. Was this something you were aware of? Because it's one of the fascinating things that you talk about, which is uh, the image of, of going to a park and suddenly seeing these women. Funny, for the first time I was aware of it was in New York, that if you go to some of the parks, you see huge numbers of women, and clearly not, for, not wealthy Americans who've come from other countries, looking after... I guess wealthy bankers and lawyers. Yeah, and, and you know, mother, even in London, in London, yeah, sure. so much Philippines and women with little babies. And yes, you know, I had the idea, I think, of the book, the, the poetic idea of the book came from uh, the fact that as a writer, I, I, I write at home and I spend a lot of time in the afternoon in the parks when I just want to clear my, my head. And um, you know when you work in an office you don't see what's happening in the in a big city yeah. during the afternoon and it was very important for me to say when you're not in the office look at what is happening and you look at all those women and I spoke a lot with them and discussed a lot with them and I heard their <coughs> stories and very often it's very um, 
dramatic, very sad. Those women who are uh, 50, 55 years old and so much women who told me, you know, I, have a, uh, I haven't seen my child for 10 years or 15 years and I'm working here just to send money to, for, my, for my kid. And when I call on, on the phone, he, he doesn't recognize my voice because he doesn't know me anymore. And the children I'm taking care of, they know my name and mm. they're calling me nanny and it's very weird because I'm closer to those children who are not mine than to my ch child who is uh, very far away. So I wanted to, in a certain way, put a light on those invisible women because without them I don't think we could have the life that we have today.